Good afternoon, Jordan Lewis from the capital city on KINY. Nearly every Alaskan will receive a check for $1,312 this week, the annual dividend from the earnings of the state's Nest Egg Oil Wealth Fund. Some take tropical vacations and others spend it on necessities, but the dividend has become a mixed blessing in a state that for decades has ridden oil's boom-bust cycle. The dividend now competes for funding with services like public education, health care programs, and public safety. Some residents are questioning the dividend's role in the state with no income or statewide sales tax. Traz Hill is the host of the True North Art and Tattoo Expo that took place over the past weekend. He explains what inspired him to put on the event. So originally, I am from Sitka, Alaska. I went through uh, middle school here and high school here. And so being a local, as I consider myself still or used to be a local, I kind of noticed there just wasn't very many, I guess, expos in general, just any kind of events that were going on that were tattoo inspired. And I'm a tattoo artist. So the kind of the whole thing behind this was just to give something to the locals. Hill says the expo will become an annual event. He had 37 tattoo artists across the country attend. I plan on doing it after this year. I had such great feedback um, from a lot of the locals and a lot of the artists I brought. The artists that I actually brought up to Juno, I'm sure I won't remember them all, but just a few. Um, there was artists from Maine, from Florida, from Kentucky, from Oklahoma, from Texas, from New Mexico, from Utah. So they were just all spread over. I was trying to give all these different opportunities to these guys to come up and see Alaska. A lot of them have never been up to Alaska, so I was really trying to pull in a bunch of people to come up and, and they're really good artists too but so it's kind of a both it was a win-win i guess you could say so the true north art and tattoo expo also had awards for tattoos and anyone could enter with any tattoo yeah so most of the time i've kind of collectively i've traveled around i travel and do other shows um throughout the whole nation um and just collectively i've kind of put together in my brain which contests have kind of done better and different things they're just my opinion of which ones i think a better fit for the show and so the contest it's pretty common that all of them have them the only difference is most shows only allow people to you have to show up to the actual event and get tattooed at the event to be able to enter it he also shares a little bit about his own tattooing I really, really enjoy black and gray realism, but specifically wildlife and scenery is kind of my forte. And I have, I have to give credit from growing up in Southeast Alaska. I went to Sika Fine Arms Camp um, as a kid. I participated in, you know, all the art contests around Sitka and Southeast Alaska. So in doing that, I feel like that has really kind of molded me to become the artist I am today and just kind of more, I don't want to say only, but specializing in a lot of wildlife and outdoor scenes and stuff like that. You can stay up to date on next year's expo on their Facebook and Instagram page, True North Art and Tattoo Expo. The City and Borough of Juneau, in collaboration with Urban Design Consultants First 40 Feet, is seeking input on design alternatives for the Telephone Hill site. The community workshop is scheduled for October 11th at the Juno Arts and Culture Center from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. to gather community feedback. The design alternatives have been shaped by insights gathered during the initial engagement session, which focus on introducing the community to the project and conducting engagement activities to gather information regarding the community's needs, goals, and overall vision. The community's input on these alternatives will play a crucial role in helping the team develop a preferred plan. The outcome of this meeting will guide the city in determining the next steps for the project and how to proceed in a manner that aligns with the project objectives and the community's overarching vision. 
And on June 5th at approximately 7.45 a.m., the Sitka Police Department received a 911 call reporting a vehicle had left the roadway and struck a pedestrian on the bike path near the post office on Sawmill Creek Road. Officers and EMS personnel respond to the scene and locate the pickup truck on the bike path with the driver still behind the wheel. The victim was located down an embankment and witnesses stated that when the truck had struck the victim, the victim was launched into the air and had landed where EMS personnel found them. On September 21st, the Sitka Grand Jury indicted 45-year-old Beth Lang on one felony count of assault in the first degree, one felony count of assault in the second degree, one felony count of assault in the third degree, and one count of reckless driving. On October 4th, Lang was arraigned on the charges and their trial call is set for November 21st of this year. Coming up, Beth Weigel from the Juno Douglas City Museum joined Capital Chat to discuss First Friday. That story is next with Jazz Garrett. Good afternoon, Jazz Garrett from the Capital City on KINY. Beth Weigel from the Juno Douglas City Museum joined Capital Chat to discuss First Friday at the museum. Well, the City Museum is uh, stepping out of its usual uh, rotation of uh, exhibits, I guess, a little bit. And we have a new exhibit opening here on First Friday, tomorrow night. Brand new exhibit. And it's uh, called Mugga Cuento, Filipinos of Juno. And it's in uh, recognition and honor of uh, Filipino American History Month, which has now become a permanent state uh, every October in Alaska. The exhibit was curated by Tasha Alizarde. Weigel expands on what the exhibit will cover. Our exhibit will also cover, you know, the history of how Filipinos came to Juno and their role in our community and uh, just how much contribution and to businesses and art and everything that they play in our community, which has gone relatively unrecognized. So it's kind of a, a big deal. In conjunction with how the Alaska legislature voted in May, Mayor Beth Walden is also recognizing October as Filipino American History Month at the municipal level. Filipinos settled in Juneau as early as 1929. They came to Alaska much earlier than that, uh, working as Alaskaros, of course, in the canning industry and things like that. Here in Juneau, Filipinos um, worked a lot more probably in the mining industry, uh, being ore sorters at the various mines and also in 1956 on February 7th that's when their nonprofit organization Philcom Inc was uh, begun uh, one of the earliest organizations in that in that sort of way and so bringing lots of culture and uh, understanding brotherhood all those things their heritage here and traditions so there will be another event on Saturday. At the Philcom Hall on Saturday, there will be uh, a family or a celebration of Filipino American History Month, and everybody in the community is invited. That starts at noon and goes until 5. There'll be all kinds of different, they call it merienda, which are appetizers. Artistic Director for Juno Jazz and Classics, Zoe Bailey, is a Grammy Award-winning cellist. He joined Capital Chat to talk about this year's Fall Festival. Obviously, I was I was uh, hired in 2019 to set up 2020. 2020 was what it was, nothing. Uh, 2021 was also kind of trying to get geared back. We split the, the festival in two um, to try to kind of just have more to do throughout the year. Uh, now we are in May and October. Um, 
And we, we're just packing it in. I mean, this, this has been a chock-a-block week. Mike Block, uh, he kind of sees a fusion of world music. Uh, he's from the Silk Road Ensemble, which was Yo-Yo Ma's uh, classical world group. Um, he does folksy kinds of things. He does, um, I mean, it's, it's terrific what he does, his own compositions. We had Chelsea Green last night. We also have her again tomorrow night. Bailey shares more about putting on the Ritz. Putting put, on, put on, put on the Ritz. And it's going to be a complete mashup. I, I, I even at the concert last night, we were working on how to make it a really, really interesting, even more so event. And I got Mike Block to join me on the first half of the show. So it'll be classical. Then it'll be Mike Block and, and his uh, incredible view on music and uh, with me and some cello duels. That'll be fun. And then Chelsea Green will come out in the second half and rock it out. Bailey is playing in Gus Davis today. He shares his experience of community in Southeast Alaska. One of the things I love is that they, they are these communities uh, take care of themselves because no one else will. <clears throat> There's not a feeder system necessarily to the community. So they it, emotionally, physically, and every possible professionally, everyone takes care of each other. And the Juno Jazz and Classics bring this, the world's best here to invigorate and inspire. And then the people here can inspire each other when these visitors are not here and continue to pay, pay it forward. Due to changing weather forecasts, helicopter operations scheduled for today have been postponed and Perseverance Trail will remain open to the public. While the closure is tentatively scheduled for Tuesday, operations are highly weather dependent. You can check the CBJ Parks and Recreation Facebook page or juno.org slash newsroom for the latest information. During the closure, Trail Mix Incorporated will work with coastal helicopters to fly and bridge materials for the trail. They appreciate the community's understanding as they work to keep the public trail safe and well-maintained. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett.